Welcome to the Kayak Bass Nation. Everybody, welcome to the Live First Show 2022. Happy New Year, everybody, and Happy New Year, Ryan. How you doing, man? I see Cliff. I see Cliff in the comments. He must be out of jail. Yeah, he's a, he's got a Facebook by his name instead of YouTube. Shocking. I like it. I like good, it. Good. He's gonna get him a pro staff spot tonight. That's not what this is tonight. But maybe you can learn something. Maybe, maybe learn it something. is. I don't know. Maybe, maybe it is. is. Maybe yeah. maybe Cliff will drop just some some insane knowledge, and Lily will take notice and be like, you know, I need this guy on the squad. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. I like man. it. 2022, that'd be a heck of a start to the year. We it? made it. It's a brand new year. What are, what are your goals, Jeff? What are you trying to accomplish in this well, new year? Uh, from a fishing perspective, same goal as last year, which I didn't hit, which is make TOC. Okay. Um, make TOC, and then just from a personal perspective, I don't know, just keep on keeping on, try to get in better shape as I approach my twilight years, and I try to keep up with the young fellas. What about you, man? Uh, drink smaller bottles of vodka so i've switched over to the airplane bottles to try to keep me keep me down on the volume so that's, that's good it. that's it that's how you do uh it. i want to try to get this video stuff rolling on my own personal side you know uh that's that's kind of one of my big things for for 2022 is instead of talking and talking and talking actually doing something about it so here we go. go man yeah i saw your video drop the other day uh good stuff man putting all that i want to try to keep that theme yeah, I've got plenty of it. I might as well do something to benefit myself a little bit, I guess. Yeah, and if you guys have, over on YouTube, especially in the audio podcast, I always put the links to Ryan and I's personal stuff down at the bottom of the, the uh, podcast description. And it's got links to his YouTube, my YouTube, Instagram, all that stuff there. So make sure you click on that and check it out. Ryan's got professional level quality uh, videos turning out, and I've got mediocre content. So you're welcome to check out them both and go there and. And give them a click. I actually have a fun little series I've started this winter on our local lake that you guys might want to check out. So, good stuff. I like good it. Stuff. I like it. Yeah. Uh, Ryan Van Tyne said that's called spam. That's yeah. all right, I hope you like it. It's fresh spam. <laughs> uh, so, we've got Jameson Redding from Jackson on tonight. The He's going to talk about his new show. And then we've got Ryan Lilly from Old Town coming in, the, the brand evangelist from the, from the team over there. Uh, both of them are going to kind of – dig and talk about what they're looking for in, in ambassadors slash pro staff people and, and, you know, how companies view our sport through their lens, you know, to us, everything's about kayak bass fishing tournaments and, and whatever, but how, how are they looking at sport from, from their side of things? So we're going to get into all of that, take questions from you guys. It should be a good time. Don't you think? Yeah, man. But before we do that, we're going to talk about a few things that happened in the, I guess the new year or the end of the old year. And to me, the headline was, ACK kind of shutting down shop and that coinciding with the demise of cats, which is kind of the OG tournament series down in Texas. And I don't know all the details, but it was just kind of a shock to see both those things kind of happen at the same time. Wasn't ACK summit sports bought them, right? Like four or five years ago, something like that. Yeah. That was kind of, I remember back in the day, it was always like ACK and hook one were the two big, big dogs in the in like the national sales market and now both of them are gone mm -hmm. isn't it crazy and kayak sales are better than they've ever been so it's it's kind of a slippery <laughs> dynamic there like how is the demand for these kayaks and the growth of the sport more and more and more but it seems like on the business side i don't know if it's more you know absorption type deal or if contracts factor into that but 
I mean, you you just saw the two two giants fall in the last what six sixteen eighteen months. That's that's yeah. crazy. Yeah, and Dale Griffin said it was strange, no notice, and they were making social social media posts like, and all of a sudden, boom, it just happened. And I can tell you this: I had no relationship with anybody there. I didn't know them, but that's where I bought my first kayaks 10, 11 years ago. I didn't know anything about kayak fishing. I got online, ordered two Wilderness Systems kayaks from Austin Canoe and Kayak online, and that's how I got into the sport. That's where I bought my first one was Hook One. I mean, that's how I knew the. <laughs> that's how I knew they were in a contest with each other all the time. <laughs> yeah, 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 uh, yeah. That actually started. Uh, anyway, yeah, Hook One, Hook One, and ACK both gone. It's crazy, and I know ACK was sort of tied i don't know that they started cats but they were very closely connected to cats i mean they were the big sponsor right yeah, like yeah. year in and year out so cats is gone too uh which is crazy because when i first started a trail here in arkansas i was watching them thinking my god if we could ever make it to that level where we're pulling a hundred and something people a tournament you know and that's before tourney x or anything they were doing all that and that's something that in in the state of tennessee we looked at was how a trail of that size is that sustainable around a state we kind of weighed the options do we want to try to pursue what cats has or do we want to keep it lower level grassroots and do individual clubs with a culmination uh hopefully we stick around but i would like i mean i think there's room especially in that area for one big regional trail to kind of step in and take over because it was wildly popular i don't know I don't know how you could let that go and somebody not step in and fill that void. Yeah. Wow. And even for a while, didn't cats try to step out and go sort of national? They had like a cats Midwest and mm -hmm. something up in Michigan. Uh, so to see it just completely dissolve, uh, crazy. I know there's plenty times of times are changing. Texas. Times are changing, Jeff. I, I say, I say deuce, double deuce. Duke Tran put him out of business with his unbelievable tournament director skills. That's what he did. Hey, killers kill. Good shit. Yeah. Good shit. Duke. Kill a Duke. Um, all right, so let's get Jameson in here in a minute. Before we do that, let's, of course, thank our sponsors. Uh, presenting sponsor, Dugout Bait and Tackle. Go to DugoutFishing.com. Mm, let's right go. Uh, the mini bottles of Western Snow. They also sell full-size and big, giant two-gallon <laughs> bottles. I think Ryan tried to put one of those away the first night we were Oh, man. I had those little Western Sun cans, and I was adding on top. That was silly. Don't do yeah. that. You were being goaded into finishing the bottle that night. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we live and learn. New year, new me. Yeah. And, of course, uh, Revo Sunglasses, best lenses on earth. Appreciate you guys. Revo, use the KBN25 code to save a little money on the Revos. Yep. And if you have a complaint about them, please post it because I haven't heard one yet. So take one. that, suckers. Not a one. Quite a few people have got them. I heard one. And I'm still uh, rocking the ones I got back in the summer. And I haven't, uh, haven't blinked yet. So I got my dad a pair for Christmas. He's super, super happy. Uh, Katie Baca. Thanks, Katie. Always, as always, in the comments with the links. You are the best. Our IT slash uh, public relations person every Monday night. So thanks, Katie. All right. What do you say, man? You want to get Jameson in here? Let him give us the details. Let's on do it. Let's going? do it. All right. Hang on. Let me get this thing flipped. Been around. waiting my whole life to do this interview. You have? I actually have. Yeah. Since I started kayaking. <laughs> Tonight is your night. There he is. All right. James I know. Ready. Welcome. Welcome to the program. See, I've been waiting on my package of Western Sun to arrive so that I could have some for the show. I thought that was how this worked. It's the only reason I agreed to be on oh. here was to get free vodka. Well, so we need to talk about this. That's a uh, <laughs> that's a new mandate thing. You can't ship it uh, across state lines or something like that. That's not what my Last time said. I saw you and vodka, uh, Hertz Rental Cars called me for two months after that. So we're not we're not doing that again. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember or <laughs> that wasn't me. <laughs> that was that was another bearded man. 
Yeah, there's a lot of them. Um, <laughs> so, Jameson, I really have been waiting to do this interview forever because one of the first, the first big tournament I ever fished, you were running around with your camera and a light, sticking it in everybody's faces, you know, doing interviews, trying to get commentary, capturing the madness that was the kayak bass series on the St. John's oh, River a, way back few, when. A few events. <laughs> that was, it was, and that's, I mean, that was my first introduction to Jameson. And and you were down there filming for KBS, but Jackson was also were they title sponsor? They were a big sponsor because they were giving boats away. Yeah, we were we were definitely a sponsor, um, and uh, and also while we were down there, I had some of the some of the boats that we needed to record uh, some of the walkthrough and promo stuff for. Because as you know, that's kind of been my deal at Jackson for the past eight or nine years is to try to help capture the promo videos and content. So I was kind of doing double duty and using that as a location to film some content, but also be there for the, um, for the KBS as a sponsor and just to help them out as well. Um, as misguided as it may have been back in the day, but. I remember you had Drew down there on the water, you know, next to the river, you shooting content, whatever. And I was like, man, that is the coolest. That's the coolest stuff ever. Like, I want to be those guys. And then I met you both, and <laughs> and that wore off. But what you were doing was so cool. <laughs> yeah. No, it's no, it's crazy look, where everybody started. Yeah. No, for sure. And I mean, to look back on it, we, I had a lot of good times and and uh, did a lot of cool stuff. Oh. That what happened? So. He blacked out. Uh-oh. we lose him? No, I'm here. I just tried uh, to use my other camera, and the battery died. So we're going to stick to oh, the Oh, uh, my boy. <laughs> Not bad. He is an actual cameraman is the is the Yeah, except for part. you got to charge batteries for them to work. So we're sticking to what they the say. Uh, built-in. <laughs> How did you go from from that? And you worked on – I mean, tell people a little bit of your pedigree here. Like, they didn't just come out and, like – Hey, guy over in the corner, you want to have a show? I mean, talk about some of the things that you've done working with Drew. Obviously, you did some work, I think, with Z Man as well uh, on those projects and Jim Salmons. Like, you've been behind the scenes for a long time. How'd you claw your way to the front? Yeah. So, um, yeah, just real quick backstory. Um, I think I started kayak fishing like the rest of you guys. Um, just wanted to find a way to get on some water that I couldn't access as easily with a big boat or, you know, via waiting and wanted to access some rivers from smallmouth fishing. I think you can appreciate that. Um, and, uh, I knew the best way would either be to get a canoe or a kayak. And at the time I would say kayak fishing, while it had been around for a while, it wasn't what it is now. Like no one was really putting motors on boats. No one was uh, fishing big bass tournaments. Um, there was a few offshore or even inshore tournaments uh, going on, but not much. And, uh, so I got the first kayak. It was uh, um, actually a wilderness systems commander. Um, it was not the right boat for what I was doing, which was running some <laughs> some of the new river. Um, and I and I sunk it a couple times and had to have help getting it off the bottom of the river. For those of you that don't remember the commander, it was an open cockpit, completely almost canoe kayak hybrid, um, like the native ultimate or even similar to our Kilroy as well. Um, I love the boat for the stability, um, but anyway, ended up with a Jackson Cusa, pre-ordered it when I saw they were coming out with a river boat, um, river fisherman, so figured that would make the most sense. And then uh, just fell in love with the sport. Used to watch the kayak fishing show with Jim Sammons and, and record that. My buddies would come over and we would, you know, DVR it and watch it. And then uh, 
one thing led to another, started fishing some saltwater tournaments because at the time that was the only trail um, for, for fishing tournaments and there wasn't uh, any kind of bass fishing trail and I wanted to do something that was more than just a, a tournament here or there. I really wanted to like travel and go to new fisheries and, and meet people and and just I think I think it forces you to be a better angler to try to come up with a pattern on a spot you might not have ever been. Um, so started doing that, did decent, and it was the IFA um, redfish, uh, well, you could do inshore, red, inshore, I guess, because it was trout and redfish. Um, did that for a couple of years, got on the Jackson team, met Drew and Brooks, actually, at a boondoggle in Florida, and just basically expressed that I wanted to do more with the sport. And they had a need for, for camera operator slash content creator, if you will. So I got on the old YouTube and started learning how to turn on a DSLR. <laughs> and that's kind of how it happened. I didn't have any background in, in video or anything, but I just, I wanted to do something. Uh, and so that's kind of how it led to me doing a lot of the videos for Jackson and just kind of learning my way through it. Uh, getting to meet people um, like the producer, Will Richardson was producing the kayak fishing show and learning a lot from him, learning a lot from Drew, who was doing a lot of video stuff back those that then with the GoPros. Um, and just, you know, meeting different people that were already doing things that I wanted to learn to do and, and really picking their brain and then, um, you know, YouTubing the crap out of everything to try to figure it out. So it kind of just led all the way to being the brand manager of fishing at Jackson Kayak. And then um, that kind of opened the door, I think, for the show. I had been around Heliconia through Chad's show and through Jem's show for, for a few years as a video guy, as a camera guy. Um and co-hosted some with uh, Jam as well, and just always enjoyed it. And and uh, I don't know, they asked, and I said yes. So there, here we are. There you go. Uh, we Start, got, we, started from the bottom. That's that's the that's the trick. <laughs> now you're on KBM Live. How about that? Yeah. <laughs> now you've made it all the way to the top. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we've got Ryan waiting in the waiting room. We're going to bring him in here, bring him in here in a minute. But before that, tell us about this show. What what this show is going to be. So I think the, the difference, if you, if you will, from what maybe some of the other shows or even fishing shows for that matter, it's, it's a big initiative for us at Jackson really to, to connect with our dealers and our communities that we're involved in through our team members and, and the dealers for that matter. Um, so what I've been doing is, as Ryan mentioned, where he met me the first time is traveling the country, uh, visiting locations and filming and fishing with, with people and, and getting to meet people and, and learn new fisheries and, and really just kind of get involved in the kayak fishing community as a whole. And so that's what the show is about. Um, it's something that I've always kind of, if, you know, if I could pick what a show would be about, it would be about that. It would be about literally road tripping. It's called the road trip angler, but road tripping to a, a new location or even an old location I've been to several times and just hanging out with the community, uh, getting to know how the dealers are involved with the local community and, and um, you know, Jameson, are you there? Did he freeze, Ryan? Uh, he froze on me, yeah. Yeah. So He's coming back. Okay. All right. Ooh, that captain. must be my service, guys. Um, but, yeah, just getting involved with the local community and just showcasing that. It's really not about me being a great fisherman or anything because I'm not, but there's a lot of really cool, uh, legit people in these different areas, so showcasing them and, and how to fish their Do you babies. catch fish on this show, or is this more like toad trips? Well, so we filmed one episode, and I did catch fish. So that's all right. Be, You're off to a good start, how the rest player. Of the season goes. <laughs> that's the hard part about this, people. 
is getting any kind of fish catch on camera. Like that's, it's fine when you're running GoPros and that's why external powering GoPros is your best friend. But when you have another human with a camera and you're trying to catch fish in front of them, some of the people that, that have fished the TOC and whatnot with Hobie where they send out the film crew with you, there's no greater pressure on earth and nothing will shut down a bite like just that flip, you know, the, the flip of the switch on the camera. Like I, the I fish, they know the they can sense it. Like they know it's not going to happen. So there's some guys that will not film themselves fishing because they believe that curses them to not catch fish. I, I think it brings weather like bad weather. I don't know about yeah. if, the, if it keeps the fish from biting, but weather definitely does. And every time we take a camera somewhere, the wind turns up about 20 miles per hour. <laughs> Uh, we can bring Ryan on now, but Jameson, you know, I, I ping you and Brooks and Rob Will Valdere a, a ton, you know, over the past three or four years as I was trying to accumulate equipment and make sure I was buying the right stuff and taking advice. And I would send them, you know, rough drafts of the projects I was doing. Thank you. Thank you for the advice. Thank you for being a friend and congratulations. Couldn't happen to a better guy. Yeah, I appreciate that. Yeah, man, and please, please stick around. Don't, don't, don't drop off. Oh, the we're, we're ready to pick your brain too. Hang on, just a second. Let's get you in here. All right, now let's welcome to the show Ryan Lilly, Old Town brand evangelist. What's up, Ryan? Now I'm gonna. Hey explain. guys, how you doing? Good. Good. Everybody get having. everybody get on your best behavior. This is my guy from Old Town. Now we don't need anybody. You just here. have to be on yours. He can't fire any of the rest of us. Okay. Okay. All right. All right. <laughs> it's true. No. True story. No, it's it's up in the he's Ryan's up in the Northeast. It's it's cold. It's dark up there. So I'm glad he's taking the time late in the evening to jump on here with us. So thank you, sir. That's cool. I was just watching office reruns upstairs. So no worries. <laughs> hate hate to interrupt. Yeah, man. No yeah, worries. Well, no worries. Well, first, tell tell us your bio a little bit and a little bit about what a brand evangelist is. Some people had some questions about that. Uh, what is the title, brand evangelist? I have a question about that. Yeah, yeah. What is that? How did you earn that recognition? Number one. You know, uh, well, you know, it's it's a uh, it's pretty cool. Uh, Johnson Outdoors is a portfolio of brands. I work for the watercraft division, and it's a new position within the um, the whole company. And every single division will have or it has a brand evangelist. I was the first brand evangelist for the entire company for watercraft. And then they hired one for diving. They have one for camping. They have one for uh, marine electronics, which is Humminbird, Minn Kota. Um, so now we all, all brands, uh, all pillars within Johnson Outdoors has a brand evangelist. And really um, what we're charged to do, what I'm charged to do for watercraft is content. Uh, I oversee the community. Uh, community marketing, so anything consumer-facing, um, pro staff, ambassadors, um, you know, again, content, product launches, things like that. And then, uh, you know, we're a pretty tight marketing team here. I work really closely with um, our marketing manager who handles really the trade side of things and then our brand product manager, which handles the product side of things. And so that's kind of how we divvy things up. Um, so yeah, it's awesome. Uh, the, the title really doesn't make sense to anybody else <laughs> out there. So I find myself, you know, having to explain it, but you know, I'm not planning on going anywhere. I love the company and uh, they can call me whatever they want. I'm happy to be doing it. <laughs> Perfect. I didn't know if you did like tent revivals on the road or what, what kind of, what kind of thing was happening here, but it yeah, makes more yeah. sense now. He has led an yeah. old town revival across this country, to be honest, right? <laughs> Yeah, I know. So uh, I've been with uh, Old Town for about six years, um, which is crazy to think. Um, prior to that, I worked for Garmin. Uh, and I've uh, been, been in the outdoor space for my entire career, so 18, 19 years now. Um, so, yeah, uh, Old Town is uh, 
you know, based here in Maine. That's where I'm from. That's where I live. Um, and uh, yeah, uh, I can't believe it's been six years. Actually, I'm thinking about that right now for the first time. But uh, yeah, um, thanks for having me. What do you want to yeah. talk about? Yeah, man. Enough <laughs> about me. Yeah, well, I, we've got a bunch of questions. We're going to get questions from the people watching, I'm sure. So if you are watching, share this around because some other people might want to see this, get this information, or have some questions for either one of these fellows as well. Uh, but yeah, I wanted to come at it from the, from the perspective of, okay, Ryan, on, from your side as an evangelist, uh, how do you, we look at this. <laughs> Praise be. Yeah. I love it. No, I every, freaking every, every love it. I say evangelist, I'm like this. This, yeah. is inter- this is interesting because my I, yeah. background is actually divinity. I have a, J- oh, Jameson is the awesome. captain and Ryan is the evangelist. So yeah. we, could, we could get something going, I think, Ryan. All right, Jameson. It's nice to meet you, by the way, man. Yeah, you too. There you go. We're, we're building bridges. We're bringing people together. That's what we're about here. Okay, <laughs> we're about bringing we people create together. Personalities and bring people together. That's what we do yeah. on this page in the show. Um, but yeah, you know, we look at this through the lens of competitive kayak bass fishing. That's all we talk about. It's what we do. But I know Old Town Jackson, whoever it is, you guys look at it as kayak fishing as a whole. Uh, I mean, I know Old Town, their team, for instance, you guys diversify you get people in saltwater people that duck hunt deer hunt do all kinds of different things it's not just kayak bass fishing but from your perspective looking at the kayak bass fishing part of this you know how do you uh see it growing how do you how are you planning to use it going forward uh to grow the brand you know within the, the tournament space i guess yeah well i mean if unless you're living under a rock um it's it's hard to deny the fact that bass fishing uh tournament bass fishing is a very passionate group of people that really drives the innovation in our space um you know the uh the kayak anglers tournament kayak anglers are early adopters of technology they invest more in their watercraft and uh really are um the corest of the core customer uh when it comes to kayak fishing so um, really, it makes a lot of sense to focus effort strategically in that space as a business because those are the people that are pushing us to uh, improve and to innovate. Um, and so that just reflects across the entire board. I mean, you look at what we've launched for products, what Jackson, what other other companies within the space have, have launched for products. It's, uh, it's cutting edge, it's innovative, and it's making the angling experience easier for the angler to focus on catching and being competitive. Um, and so, uh, really, uh, that's driven a lot of our decisions strategically in how we want to approach, uh, our promotional staff and, uh, how we structure who we support as a brand and who we want to support us. Um, and so it's, it's huge. Uh, it's a huge growth opportunity. We see, um, you know, more investment happening at like the Bassmaster level with kayak fishing, KBF is growing. Uh, the Hobie BOS, the Hobie puts on an awesome event with the BOS. And a lot of these uh, regional events are really starting to grow as well, like Topwater up in the upper Midwest, K- KFMW up in the uh, Pacific Northwest, and a lot of others that are, are cropping up and getting a lot of people involved. And then you throw the fuel of like COVID on the fire where people want to get out and do more and experience um, the outdoors more and find, you know, invigorate their passions. And we're seeing more people kind of come into the sport and, and uh, love kayak fishing. So just a lot of new entrants into the sport. A lot of people are familiar with bass fishing. It's one of the, you know, it's the number one uh, game species of, of fish out there. And so we've seen a lot of interest uh, around there. So there's just a lot of reasons. And I'm saying a lot of words to say that kayak bass fishing is really 
one of the most popular things. When we pull, we do, we, we invest a lot of money in consumer research. That's uh, something that we hang our hats on as we don't make any decisions without doing a ton of upfront research on our consumer. And uh, bass fishing is the number one um, targeted um, species within within our space. And so it makes a ton of sense. With that being said, we also understand that there's a lot more um, fishing outside of bass fishing, even though that's the biggest chunk of the pie. We don't want to forget about the other regions, the other species of interest. And there's a lot of opportunity to expand outside of bass fishing too. But really the, the uh, most of the growth is happening on the bass side. A lot of people love the tournament thing. We're seeing more tournaments crop up and uh, that's where we're uh, investing. I'd like to, to add to that, <clears throat> you've got, it's easier and more approachable too for a person to get into a kayak fishing tournament than it would be, you know, to go, to, you know, you don't have to go out and buy a boat or, or find someone with a boat and become that guy that stands on the back of the boat and try to fish. And um, so I think that, you know, being that entry, like it's easier to enter, but now it's easier to also see yourself as even a professional um, that, that, it, that has expanded so much over the past decade from what it was. I mean, I'm sure you've seen in six years uh, of being at Old Town that, you know, you walked around ICAST, you know, six, seven years ago, and you didn't see a lot of kayak fishing. And now you see it in every booth. There's something, um, you know, to do with kayak fishing on almost every single booth and all the marketing that's there. So, I mean, it's obvious that we're growing and taking a bigger chunk out of the fishing pie, if you will. So. I think it's definitely being recognized by the bigger brands and you can see it not only in like iCast, like new product debuts and whatnot, but the involvement of these professional anglers, uh, you know, not them necessarily by choice, but you see them connecting more with kayak manufacturers for sponsorships. Like they recognize the massive reach of kayak fishing and these bigger companies are starting to to capitalize on this and you see it from guys that weren't traditional kayak anglers not not somebody that's even ever fished out of a kayak before but that's that's becoming more and more prevalent uh what are your thoughts on that uh, jameson i'll let you start and then kick it over to ryan after you share yeah i think uh you know we're not uh johnson outdoors so we don't have as big of a a budget probably as you guys have over at old town but we do get we do get approached <laughs> well it's got to be divided right between all the, the brands but um yeah we get approached by a lot and uh of bigger names and they see it and they perceive it as you know we sell a lot of plastic boats and so i think um you know there's something to be said about that however i will also say that as a brand that we when we look at that that's not that I want to say no to the the big names in bass fishing, but I really want people representing our brand that are fans already of the sport and fans already of uh, Jackson Kayak for that matter. Um, and you know, I would I love to see those guys you know getting into the sport and really doing it, not just driving around with the kayak on top of their truck and and you know having that that look or wanting to get the extra dollar from from a brand like Old Town or Jackson, but you know, actually diving into it and, and really, you know, embracing it and, um, you know, even competing at some of these events and kind of showing that they are, you know, kind of an all across the board fisherman. They're not just going to be able to do well on a big bass boat, but they can do well from a kayak as well. Um, and so it's really cool to just see that recognition, in my opinion, um, as it 
as this became more mainstream, it's not, you know, oh, you guys are fishing out of a kayak, you know, kind of thing that you, you still get occasionally at the boat ramp or whatever. Now it's more people stop and want to look at, you know, all the things you've done to your kayak. And of course, then you get the argument that is it no longer a kayak, but you know, really who cares, <laughs> right? Like we didn't get into this to go kayak and we got into this to go fishing. Um, and so how are the best way to do that? Um, and I think that people are recognizing that it might be a better way to do it sometimes than the big bass boat or whatever. Yeah. You know, we, we've, um, restructured the way we do things, um, in the last few years and how we've approached pro staff and, um, trying to bring more attention to the sport. Um, and in so doing, you know, it's building a, a kick-ass, uh, pro staff that's, regionally diverse species diverse you know uh people that are you know plugged into local retail st- shops but also maybe competitive at their local trail etc cetera, etc cetera. but then also layering in people that are savvy with a camera have a platform to to, to speak um and then some larger names and like we brought on just this year new for this year we brought on a couple of larger names um as well as building out our pro staff we got Brandon Polnick and Oliver Nye. And really our reasoning there was, you know, we would love, we think it's the rising tide that lifts all boats, right? The more people that we have at the larger level um, fishing out of our kayaks and same thing for Jackson and Hobie with Ike and everything is, is, is only going to be good for our sport and our industry. You know, I don't think it makes a lot of sense to take all the marketing budget to invest in just large names that will fish out of it for a fraction of the year. But it does make sense to invest in the right people that are authentic, that will actually use the product and have the platform to elevate our sport. That's only a good thing, right? But then also making sure that you're investing on the on the other programs that are the actual everyday, this is my daily driver watercraft. I'm going out there to kayak fish um, and, and tournament fish. And so I think having, you know, uh, a pie that makes sense to have like those bigger names that have the platform, but then also have those the army of of um, influential pro staffers that are competing in all the tournaments and in the retail stores i think it makes sense to have that diverse representation and it's only a good thing for sure yeah and that's something that has been a subject of uh contention on our page i would say when you say i want to i keep wanting to say ryan but i guess i'm gonna have to say lambert because both of you are gonna look at me if i say that's yeah that's why i put that other name on there just so much money so there's no confusion Uh, i always just say ryan but, but on our page that that, that discussion's going on is why don't these companies use the kayak anglers? Why are they, you know, throwing this at the pros, this and pro that? Uh, but I think, and I, I won't speak for Jackson, but I think Old Town uh, does a fine job of, of kind of tying in your uh, regional and national kayak anglers and trying to build their names up too. So you want to speak a little bit, Ryan, on how you guys yeah. do that and the focus of that? Sure. Um, and that's been a lot. That's very strategic and it's been subject of many meetings internally and um, something that we've invested a lot of time and energy in trying to figure out what makes sense. Because I don't think we would be doing the industry or our brand um, any favors by prematurely throwing a ton of money at people too soon uh, within kayak fishing um, before we kind of bring the groundswell and grow the sport and bring it up. So I just don't think that it makes a ton of sense to, because I, I come from originally when I first came out of college, I worked in the ski side of things and we, uh, I, I managed the, um, the pro team for K2 snowboarding. And I saw this 
I, I uh, came into that program and saw a ton of money being thrown at, at uh, people that really didn't, they didn't have a name yet and they didn't have the chops yet, didn't have the professionality yet. And it really didn't go anywhere. And we're throwing good money at something that really didn't work. And really we weren't doing the groundwork of kind of building, building the sport from the ground up and really growing the names with the sport. And so I don't think it makes a ton of sense to take marketing money and just start throwing it and trying to make people rich. I don't think that works. I think that uh, creates a lot of bad blood and uh, makes your brand implode down the road. What we do think works is building a program that invests in the success of the anglers at the tournaments. So helping them get to these tournaments by reimbursing fees, reimbursing travel expenses, and then layering on win bonuses based on how they perform in these said tournaments. So that incentivizes them to get to these tournaments, and then we're going to reward the heck out of them if they place well. Um, and also providing uh, the equipment that they need to, to do the job that they, they, they want to do. And so investing kind of in the growth of the sport while investing in um, their entry point into doing greater events, you know, uh, and, and helping them grow the name and the platform for themselves. So that's kind of how we've approached it. And, uh, you know, I, I see a lot of people throwing mud at like companies like us or, or Jackson or Hobie who invest in larger name peoples like Brandon Polinick or Ike. And, uh, you know, I think people would be surprised at how it's not um, as much money as you would think to secure these people. And uh, really, they do love the sport. Um, and yeah, I mean, it's, it's a business decision for them, but also it's not like ridiculous money. And, uh, so I don't think that, um, it's very fair. I think for the brands to sometimes get the bad, uh, publicity from, from these sort of relationships. And, you know, honestly, it's a, I think it's, like I said earlier, I think it's a, it's a rising tide. Like the people know Ike, they love Ike. They'll buy a Hobie because, because, because Ike uses a Hobie. Same thing with Brandon Polinick. People love him, but they might not have understood kayak or had any um, introduction to uh, kayak fishing without understanding who Ike was or understanding who Brandon Polinick was. So I think, uh, you know, it's, it's investing in your uh, grassroots program like we're doing at Old Town while also trying to help the rising tide by introducing more people and more eyeballs to the sport. It definitely pulls a lot more eyes, obviously, when you are a – big time pro fisherman or a pro youtuber or whatever um but you have these you have guys on the trails that are dropping seven eight ten fifteen grand a year that are putting out you know putting out these quality products and and fishing these tournaments and and running the trails that's something that i've been trying to push from this side of things is you have to show a product on the other end like for someone that's running a team or a marketing account even like you have to show roi like you have to show your reach nobody cares nobody cares no one if you go fish 20 tournaments or, or if you place in five like that's not the part that matters it's how you're telling your story along the way like are you keeping people involved is there a following that cares how you do in the event are there people that are going to pay attention to you and Jameson, I'll switch this question over to you to to answer this. But Jackson's had a had a had a good team. 
you know, for a long time, a long time. When I first got into kayak fishing seven or eight years ago, everything on the water here in Tennessee was Jackson. Every, every kayak angler was fishing out of a Jackson. Um, you guys really rewarded, you kind of started the first reward program, if you will, for the pro team, as far as like incentivizing finishes in these bigger tournaments. Tell us a little about that and then tell us, you know, how you see that going in the future. So it's been, you know, there's been ups and downs at Jackson. It's no secret that, you know, we struggled as a brand uh, for a couple of years. Um, but going back to what you said originally is what I think was unique about the Jackson team. And I was put on the team back then. I didn't create this in any way and can't take any credit for it. Uh, is it became this kind of family um, <clears throat> of people, the group, and, and we're still that way today. And I think that's what's kept a lot of the really good anglers through some of the, the harder times that we went through as a brand and, and we've, we've been able to come out of that. And uh, we, we were coming out of that actually pretty well, even before COVID. Now, COVID helped accelerate um, that a lot. And, and we're a lot healthier um, as a company, as a whole. And so we've kind of taken a look at how we've done things and what we can and can't do to, to survive as a brand. We're, we're not a, you know, while we're, we seem big from the outside, you know, we're, we're still a independently owned and operated small um, kayak manufacturer in Sparta, Tennessee. So, you know, we have to be healthy there in order to be able to take care of the people that um, are on our team. And that's been, you know, kind of the focus is getting there so that we can better take care of the team. And I can say this year and, and really some of last year, we were able to do a lot more of that. And um, to kind of speak to what you're saying about that ROI thing, um, our big focus is, is yes, we do have some, some sticks. I mean, we've got some hammers out there fishing uh, tournaments for us. But how do we take advantage of their knowledge and, and really open them up to, um, you know, the consumers and, and, and make sure that, it, you know, while we may love them and, and they're doing a great job, you know, like you said, it does, we have to have that ROI. Um, and so I think the way that you do that is you help, you know, you really partner with that person. It's not so much um, them growing our brand uh, or us growing their brand or trying to help, you know, as you said, Ryan, raise um, the, the tide for all of it. Right. And so we want them to grow as a brand. So anything we can do to help them have a bigger voice or maybe to take someone that is a good speaker and, and have them work with a good, you know, tournament angler to be able to share some of their tips and tricks out there to, to get more people interested in the sport of kayak fishing and, and be speakers. If you look at any of the big, um, you know, pro guys, I mean, they're going to the shows and they're, and they're teaching, they're standing up there at the tanks and, and showing people what's done. They, they have the social followings um, and they're giving people information and they're approachable. And, you know, if we can find, you know, the balance there where you've got good tournament angler or a good fisherman that also has that, that reach and, and identify how that is, whether they're a good writer, a good photographer, um, they're a good public speaker, whatever it is, and then help them uh, have that platform. If it's, you know, setting it up and paying them to be in an event or, you know, giving them some money to go capture some content or whatever it may be is, um, but you really have to identify um, kind of three areas uh, in this community uh, content and uh, sales. And if they can strive in one of those areas and then we can give them that platform, I think that we have a better team for it and we can all work together. Yeah, you, you nailed it. And that's really our, our pillars too, is like, you know, someone might be super influential in Connecticut at Blackhall Outfitters, which is one of our big retailers and um, really important, impactful 
uh, for that retailer. And they're just as important to our pro staff program as Casey Reed, who's, or Jeff, who's, um, you know, placing at these larger events. And so really like Casey uh, Reed looking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Love you, Jeff. <laughs> you know, we, uh, we, we, uh, you know, we're not, you know, we may, I think we've come a long way because a few years ago we really tried to hold the whole team to the same set of standards. And really um, it's about understanding um, the different, the different elements of our team and what people bring to the table and, and investing the time. Cause you know, um, thankfully we're staffed up now a few years ago. It was literally like two, two, two of us uh, doing marketing for, for old town. We just didn't have time to invest in 80 person team and, and to do it well, you know, uh, now it's one of my full-time deals, you know, and, and James, Jameson, I think uh, speaks volumes to the investment that you've had with, with the team over there. It's like, it takes a lot of time and effort and energy to get to know each individual person and to invest up front to make sure that you're getting the right person on the team in the right place that have the right skill sets to um, to help the brand and also like you said like find opportunities to help these people build their brands and that's so important as a brand you know content is everything and making sure that you're connecting with your audience and and if you've got the right team of people, they're going to help you connect with the audience and uh, it's going to help them. It's going to help you. And so really it is that partnership and finding the right people, you know, for that relationship is just so, is so important. Yeah. Let, let me ask you all this. Uh, you guys have Jackson old town, have good teams. Jackson's uh, I've known a lot of Jackson pro staffers over the years, very impressive folks. And then of course I'm partial to the old town squad. I love the old town team. I think it's, been built the right way it's not overly big it's got quality uh, personnel on it but even with that being said there's turnover there so this year there was some turnover you know people are held to a standard and have to to live up to those standards so when it's time to fill open spots let i'm sure there's some questions out there so let's hear them what are you looking for in in new team members uh, as, as the years go by well for me it's really <clears throat> like i said earlier that passion um for the sport uh, i think you know some of that turnover is obviously people's personalities, you know, conflict, but I think a lot of it is just people, their lives change, right? They're no longer doing what they were doing. Maybe they tournament fished for a while and they got out of it. I mean, there's been times and over the last decade when, when I was like, okay, this is just not working. I need to move on to, to something else. Um, of course I was trying to make a living doing it um, versus, you know, it wasn't just a, a hobby or whatever, but even people's hobbies change. So I think a lot of that turnover is that. So if I could find somebody, um, and we have great team leads. Some of them are um, actually in the comments here, um, but they help me do this. But being able to find that person that really has uh, a great uh, passion for it and is obviously already doing something to share that passion, then you kind of know that uh, you, you'll be able to work with that person and that they'll bring something to the, to the team and then just trying to identify what that something is and help them have that platform. Yeah. Um... Yeah, I'm, I'm a firm believer in, in quality over quantity. Um, I struggle with what, what the right number is to have uh, for the team. And, you know, the way we approached it this year is a little bit different. Um, you know, we, we kind of broke our team up into three sections so we can in, invest rather than peanut butter spread the, the budget and the time and everything. We divided, divided the team into three, three teams. Basically, we have our ambassador team, which is – our content creators, people with platforms, 
um, you, you know, uh, popular YouTube channels that we can kind of work with and partner with to help us create content. Um, and then we have our pro staff, which are regional influencers that are competing, involved in, in local retailers, helping reps, um, are very, very involved in their regional communities. And then we have our pro team, and that is who we're investing uh, to compete in these higher level tournaments. And so really for us, the way we approached it was, all right, um, if we had 95 people last year, you know, looking at the spreadsheet, you know, who's, where are these people located? Um, you know, what, what kind of pillar do they fall under? Um, and then also just, you know, we, we do build in a KPI framework and we monitor it closely. We, at least we have the last few years to make sure and everybody's contracted. Everybody on our pro staff's contracted. And we have a certain very minimal amount of asks from our pro staff in exchange for what we uh, provide for our pro staff. And really it's like, be active on social media, be, be engaged in social media, help our customers wherever you can, be uh, available to our rep for a handful of weeks a year or weekends a year. It's very minimal. And so if you can hit that, most people can. So if like people aren't hitting that, it's very obvious. And we have those conversations. And a lot of times, like you said, Jameson, it's like life stuff comes up, you know, like I had a kid or I moved or, you know, I changed jobs. And it's like, okay, can you, can you keep doing this or can you not? And it's also a partnership for us with our sales reps. It's like, we want our sales reps to be familiar with the pro staff. And if the sales rep doesn't know who the pro staffer is and the pro staffer has been on the team for three years, there's a problem there. And we should probably address it and just understand like, What's the misunderstanding here? So, like, it's a partnership with us, with our our um, sales team, and understanding where people are at. And so, really, it took us a few years to kind of get the team where it is, Jeff, today. And so, there was some turnover just from natural life changes and things like that. Uh, but also, like, some people just weren't holding it up, and we like, hey, listen, like, we've got 200 people that just applied that want to do this, that are hungry to do this, and we would like to try to fill those positions with people that really want to be here and really want to provide um, and, and that want to invest in the brand and, and vice versa. And so like, yeah, we, we did experience turnover this year and last, but I think it's for the better and uh, you know, no hard feelings obviously. Um, and we're really thankful for the team that we've had over the years, but I think that this we're set up to be really strong this year for a team, just based on the, the work on the front end of understanding where everybody's at and then making sure that we vet the people that applied. I think you have to have turnover or you're not doing it right. Um, that being said, you know, I mean, you, you may have, let's say, a 100-person team, but you have 30% of that that just aren't aren't putting out. They're not delivering. And I know people deliver in different ways, but I feel like, you know, watching this, this whole deal develop, some people – get put on these teams and then they quit like their, you know, their whole goal was just to get, to get in the door. They don't realize what you have to do to stay in the door. And, right. and we see that in bait companies or shops or, you know, kayak brand manufacturers, whatever it may be, but people don't understand that you have to, once you get the opportunity that that's your time to elevate what you're bringing to the table. If, if any of us want to see this grow to where, you know, there's a, a field of, of 50 or whatever that can afford to make this a full-time gig, that's the investment that it takes is everybody's got to get behind it. You know, you have to appreciate the opportunity you're given, but you also have to continue to put out. Uh, that's what 
pushes the whole thing forward. I mean, if, if these companies don't recognize that you can bring as much value to the table reach wise as a pro or a YouTuber or whatever, then it's, it's kind of null and void across the board. I, I think driving that point home as leaders of teams, like you have to do something to stay here, getting cuts, not a bad thing or, or people's opinions changing and going to a different product isn't a bad thing. That's all part of, of growth in, in general, but you have to, you have to have that, that floor of, if you don't do this, then you're not going to be here anymore. So I don't think, I don't think cutting is necessarily about hard feelings. I think no. you have to hold that standard, you know? No, I mean, you're like, Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, it's fine. I was just going to say real quick. I think a lot of people agree with that hundred percent. They come into it thinking that, you know, I've already done whatever it takes. And really you've just been given that opportunity to really prove yourself when you become a pro staffer and you, you see people that are like, want it to do um, the work once they get paid. Right. Like I'll make those videos. If you give me this money, you know, you should make those videos so that then people will recognize you and give you that money or whatever it may be, whether it's, you know, being a better angler or being a better, you know, speaker, whatever, like invest in yourself so that others and, and brands will then recognize that. Um, but there's, it's a balance. You obviously don't, there's brands out there that will take advantage of, you know, Hey, giving somebody a discount and that person goes and works their butt off and they're really not making anything and they're only getting a discount for that product. And so it kind of can give, you know, there is a balance of knowing what you're worth. Um, and, and, and a brand needs to respect what you're worth, but also, you know, you better be worth what you know you're worth. You know what I mean? So like, you can't say you're worth something right. if you're really not. And you need to be able to constantly be looking internally at yourself, I think, uh, of how you can be better and how you can grow um, in really everything. But um, if that's something you really want to do, if it's something that, you know, is is a uh, passion and you want to chase it and turn it into more than just, you know, going fishing on the weekend, then you really got to look at how um, you can add value uh, to the brands that you work with. I, you know, some friends of ours just learned this lesson, I think, and in, in in Lambert, I was going to say Ryan again, Lambert <laughs> took, took Jordan Marshall, for instance, out and kind of took him under his wing to show him the other side of this because Jordan won the BOS Angler of the Year. And this even happened to our buddy Mark Pendergraft, my old town teammate. Uh, and from winning these tournaments, thought that, you know, the streets were going to flow with milk and honey just from winning the tournaments. And, and while that is a great thing, and I'm so happy those guys won the tournament or won a AOI, there's a lot more than just winning the tournament and then just standing there and saying, Hey, everybody write a check. Come on, come on down the road with it. No, right I on. will be, I will say you'd be shocked. You'd be shocked at how, um, brand relationships really aren't where pro bass anglers are making money. It isn't. I've seen it. I've seen, I've seen the, seen the back end uh, at other brands and uh, that's not where they're making their money um, they're making their money from the visa partnerships and from winning um, winning tournaments and uh, so like that that's where I think uh, our space has to understand that um, there really isn't like these big budgets that uh, we can invest in the sport until we get the sport elevated and that's why we're making investments and in trying to grow um the way we're trying to grow on the grassroots level because as we get more people into the sport these tournaments get bigger the winnings get bigger and, and we're able to invest reinvest more back into the sport and so um that's what's really exciting um and i think that's uh something that's coming uh, if we if we keep going down the trajectory we're going i mean look look at what kayaks are going for these days and what anglers are spending on them i mean um it's 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 growing 
um, and just seeing like the tournament purses at some of these events now, like it's getting there. And it, I think it's going to, it's only a matter of time till we're there, but, and there's a lot more people that can afford to get into kayak fishing than people that can get into bass boat. So I think it's there, it's coming. Um, so I, I absolutely agree with that. And then to kind of go back on the whole cutting team and everything. One thing that I, we've tried to approach, uh, when culling or on, in trying to fine tune our team is like, we have to have a lot of grace because this is no one's full-time job, right? Everybody's got to have a day job and they got to do this too. And they got families and commitments and things like that. So we try to like factor in a lot of grace when, when uh, looking at, you know, ROI and things like that. And as a brand, like, you know, very few people are actually getting paid. So we understand that like a lot of this is volunteer work that you're getting really good deal on boats or a free boat or free swag or whatever. So we understand like, so there's a lot of grace that's involved, I think, with pro staff and decision making and things like that. And, you know, it was really hard this year, too, because, like, we want to keep our team tight. And, Re Jameson, I'm sure you can relate to this. Like, you want to keep your team tight. You want to be able to track that ROI for, for management when they're asking, like, all right, what, what's this team doing for us? You know, like, how is it helping the brand? That sort of thing. Um, while you've got, like, I mean, we, this year during our uh, uh, our application process, we had like we had 250 plus applicants, and we 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 only had so many like handfuls of spots, and so like, you know, it, it's 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 a hard thing, right? Because there's so many qualified people out there, and uh, just trying to make sure that you add the right people in the right place, and timing's everything too. So like anybody, I think one of the things you want to talk about is like, what do people want to you know, like? What should people consider when applying for pro staff? Like. The first no isn't no forever, right? Things change in different regions. You can keep improving on your angling or your platform or your relationships with the retailers in your area. And there's going to be turnover based on these life things that we discussed. So I think as long as you keep engaging the brand, engage with their content, get to know them as people at events, things like that. I don't think that original no that you received was because anything personal or anything that you did wrong. It's just like there's only a limited amount of slots on a team. And uh, it could take a few years to get on a team. I think getting yourself on a radar of a team that you want to work with and, and, and trying to stay on that radar, you know, for example, you know, Z-Man or somebody like, you know, I threw Z-Man baits. I fished out of Jackson boats before I was with Jackson kayak and, you know, going to the events um, and being a part of the events, whether it was a tournament or like I mentioned, the boondoggles or whatever, where you would, you would get the opportunity to actually, you know, meet someone, um, I had a guy tell me the other day that he didn't understand how most people knew me because my social media following is not that huge <laughs> or not even big at all. Really? Like this guy's got 60,000 on Instagram, but everywhere we went, people knew, knew who I was. And it's, you know, my thing is I, I like talking to people. I like meeting new people. And so getting to know someone and, and that helped me a lot was being willing to go do things and go places and, and be step outside of that box and talk to, to people and, and really connect a face uh, to a name and then deliver constantly whatever it was, you know, here's some new photos, here's some, you know, whatever, if the opportunity ever does arise, you know, I'd love to, to talk about it um, and not give it up because it's not a personal thing. It's not, you know, hey, I don't like you or what you're doing. It's just literally, I have this much to work with and you might be just as good as a lot of others, but if I have this much to work with and I already have this many guys on the team, I may not have the openings and it's, I may not have them in that region or I may not have them for that type of fishing or whatever it may be. It, but it doesn't mean that we won't always 
Um, and so it's, it's never, never you want to turn somebody away from your brand because, you know, it truly, they may be, you know, great. And uh, I think, you know, encouraging them to, to keep trying and stay on the radar um, is a good thing. And, it, and it'll help them appreciate more when they do actually attain that goal too. Let me ask you this for aspiring folks. I had a few friends that tried to get on old town, for instance, I didn't quite make it, but like you said, there weren't very many spots open. Uh, does tagging companies, even though you're not on the team, does tagging, do you guys notice that down the road? Like, Oh, this guy's been tagging old town for two years or Jackson or whatever it is. Does that play a part in anything? If they're, if they're out there trying to make it, it's hard for sure to see all of them. Um, but yeah. we do have social media, um, people, uh, that, that look for those things and try to, you know, comment like and, and that kind of thing and, and and occasionally there's a person that will pop up and and it's like hey this this person is is killing it and they're constantly pushing jackson and and that does happen so for sure i mean i don't know the scale and i don't know what other companies see and what they don't see i i know that for us we try to look at um, the tags and we try to look at the hashtags and you know be a part of it and it's it's a full-time job um to literally go through that stuff and and you know try to connect with the consumer and the people that are using our product because we want to be that we want to be that way and it's important to us to be that way um and so, i see other companies doing it as well yeah uh for for us i can speak to this because uh, social media falls under evangelism um and uh so we you know tagging um it's it's good right we see some of it but it's easy you know it's easy for that to fade um, where we notice people is people that actually engage with our content. So people that leave comments, uh, or respond, uh, within our posts, we see that more than we do see a hashtag old town kayaks. Um, you know, so yeah, hashtags do factor in, but that's more, we're looking at macro trends when we're looking at, um, social media macro trends when we're, we see, uh, the hashtagging. Um, and we're, we're focusing more on engagement and what people are doing in the comments. And we'll, we'll, we'll see, oh, wow, this person, you know, at Katie Backa, because he's just commenting. She's our pro staffer. Hey, Katie. Katie. Um, it, you know, we'll, we'll see people commenting and, and we'll see that the trend of that person being really engaged, not only in our public um, social media accounts, but also in our owners groups. Um, and that's kind of we take that we, we take note of that, I think, more than hashtags. I'll tell you from, from an angler side. Uh, the the relationship I built with Z Man started out as just just tagging them, just tagging them in photos when I would catch something on a big TRD or jackhammer. What it was actually the little TRD back then, but built that relationship where you know I was getting replies and and having conversations with whoever their social media manager is continuing that conversation building on that that's what gets you noticed because they're going to pass your name up the line the more and more you post like hey this person's really you know they're really killing it over here another excerpt from from jameson's last reply when you meet people in person engage them leave an impression that's what people remember they remember seeing your name over and over again on these posts they remember the engagement that you had with them and that can literally translate over into your opportunity to build a relationship with this company. So, you know, everything that comes your way, uh, take it seriously. Don't don't just walk by the person or whatever, you know, introduce yourself and walk off. Take the time to have a, have a conversation, learn, and this is a good example of our interview process, <laughs> learn how they got to where they are, ask questions, engage them 
that way they think that you care about what they're doing, even if you don't. So, and ask yeah. what they're looking for in a person. You know, if the answer is no, just quickly say, "Hey, I know you probably don't have a lot of time, but why is the answer no? What can I do to improve uh, to try to help that answer be, you know, turn into a yes? You know, don't be afraid to ask those questions or get mad or angry just because you got <laughs> turned down. I mean, as you see that all the time, like, don't they know what I'm doing? And it's like we might not, and it doesn't mean you're not doing it. It just means we might not know and or understand. And so, um, you know ask yeah and and don't if you do leave a team don't don't burn down the team you left come on people (laughs) just quiet does anybody have i saw a question earlier does anybody have a new boat to drop live tonight either of you (laughs) no okay the answer is no they don't they they both chuckled like they (laughs) yes (laughs) yes we do yeah (laughs) that's fine it's okay yeah yeah uh stay tuned maybe for springtime is coming in summer Mm. um yeah uh i'm trying to get back to some of the comments there were some good ones i've been trying to read man i'm trying i'm trying to read and i'm trying to listen because both of these guys actually know what they're talking about yeah there was a scary one that i saw somebody had an idea for a show that scared me a little bit oh i didn't read that one (laughs) you see it oh yeah here it is it said uh Bring the wives of these people on to get their perspective. Oh, yeah. That's probably not a good idea. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. No, she's, she's definitely been great. Uh, I wouldn't be where I'm at by no means if it hadn't been for the support. Because back in the day, there was no money. And there still isn't a lot of money. But back then, there was I was doing this for free pretty much. And uh, just to try to get my name out there. So if it wasn't for my wife working full-time as a nurse uh, to get me through that uh, and us through that, it wouldn't we wouldn't be here. I wouldn't be having this conversation with you lovely people. That lady's a saint. She needs <laughs> she needs a trophy or some sort of sash or something. Yeah, well, I'm a trophy. <laughs> <laughs> no, but a real trophy that she oh, appreciates. Yeah, yeah. Not, <laughs> not like one of those participation awards. <laughs> <laughs> not a small ribbon. I'm talking about a trophy. Straight up, man. Always shout out Ashley K, AKM Salon, number one sponsor. <laughs> no offense, Ryan Nilly. No offense. Um, yeah. Uh, let's see. Well, here's one from Clifton. He said, how do y'all feel about some of the anglers who rep you but don't necessarily use your product all the time? I don't understand what that means. Um, I don't know anyone that reps Jackson or Old Town that does not fish out of a Jackson or Old Town. That's what he means by that. I'm sure we're going to find out in moments if I had to. There's a few people in our sportsman owners group on Facebook um, that uh, own other brands, and they'll post fishing picks from their other brands, and they'll talk positively about their experiences and all their platforms and it's actually kind of a good thing right because um it's it's good for people to be well read in a variety of watercrafts and have those experiences it's been really helpful for our community to be like you know hey i'm thinking i'm between this boat and this boat and someone be like i own both of them you know here's a picture of me fishing for crappies out of my hobie and here's one out of my jackson bite and here's one out of my top water this is what i like about them all so like it's been you know it's good i i think um it's it's awesome to have people be brand loyal, but also understanding that um, people are going to own several watercraft, and that's not necessarily a bad thing. Yeah, and one thing I can say as a as a staffer that's been to a lot of demo days and, and different things is I spend the least amount of time at the demo days in the old towns, if possible, because I can't speak intelligently about the differences in in a in a you know big water one thirty two in an outback if I've never been in an outback. So you need to try them all now. I think, too, no one brand, or at least I'm going to say this about our brand, and hopefully my management is watching right now, but no one brand has a kayak that fits every person's needs perfectly, right? So 
Um, I used to work again when I got into this. I worked retail for a shop in uh, Winston Salem, a great outdoor provision company, and we sold Hobie and we sold Old Town and we sold Jackson and Wilderness Systems. And now I think they carry a few other brands. I think we had New Canoe too at the time. Um, and you know, somebody we didn't Jackson didn't make a pedal drive at the time. I was a Jackson team member, but I worked there. And when I worked there, it, I took tried to take that hat off as much as possible. And I still do that because you're not authentic to a person if you if obviously you're pushing them into something and you don't know anything about uh, the other products. Um, and it may not be the right thing for them. You know, uh, it may not be the right boat for what they're trying to do or it may way more than they're capable of moving around and they're not going to enjoy it. And they're not going to be a fan of kayak fishing and they're not going to then uh, spill over into someone else and encourage them to become a fan of kayak fishing. So I think I think that there's something to be said about and I'm not telling any of our team members to go out and push other brands necessarily. But I do think that they, they need to know how to speak to it and they need to know what's going on with the other brands. And they need to know the benefits of some of the other brands, because there's a lot of good brands out there. And if we're all just, you know, I think it's can be seen tonight that i've never met you ryan in person but to be able to sit here and and have this conversation as to competing brands in the, in the industry you know we need to have each other there to to push each other to be innovative um, not only with our product but with our team and with our marketing efforts and and just across the board and if we don't have that healthy competition where we can you know um, you guys do it every day when you go to a tournament right you've got guys that you know you're competing against and you want to beat them more than anything, but yet you're going to sit there and have a beer with them before and after the event. Um, and you're going to leave as friends. So it's, it's really important. I think that healthy competition kind of forces you uh, to continue to grow. And I think team members, you know, need to recognize that it's not us versus them all the time, that it might be us versus, you know, uh, something that's not good for healthy for the sport. You know, we're trying to grow the sport as a whole. Spoiler alert. We actually brought you two on tonight on purpose. Um, because Jackson and Old Town are doing the most for their anglers right now. And that's something that I really wanted to highlight. And, and hopefully not only the anglers take notice of this, they're, you guys are giving back the most to the sport right now, but also other brands. Like I want other brands to wake up and realize like, it's more than about somebody wearing a Jersey or whatever. There's, you know, there's dollars on the other end of it for, for the companies, but also for the anglers, you, you're more motivated to work harder if you think there is a next level that you can get to. And on these teams is a great example of getting your feet wet and then being able to work up to that next tier and, and really earn something that's going to benefit you to kind of chase this little dream. I'm going to segue into the question. And we'll go to Ryan first. What do you think it's going to take to elevate the kayak bass fishing tournament platform to that next level with some sort of some live coverage, media engagement? Uh, how do we how do we grow this to get on the on the bigger radar of things? Yeah, I think you know I think it's headed in the right direction. Um, I think you know just just Bassmaster alone adopting this, and uh, you know. There has been hiccups, you know, no doubt. I think we all that are watching know uh, the shortcomings of Bassmaster's entry into um, the kayak tournament side, but, you know, they do care. They're listening. We're very, you know, we're their, um, their main kayak sponsor. And so we've been the mouthpiece for our team who've been invested in those, uh, those events. And, 
uh, they, they're listening and they're making changes. And uh, so I just think uh, advocating, uh, every angler advocating for events to do better and to invest in the right areas um, is going to go a long way. You know, like uh, Bassmasters introducing an AOI this year, thanks to the, the loud voices within the Old Town team saying that it needed to happen and that's happening. And I think that's a right step in the right direction. I think also, um, you know, more regional um, events uh, that are tied into these larger tours. You know, I think it makes a ton of sense to have the stops where they're, where they're happening. But I think if you want the sport to grow, it's got to kind of leave kayaking's Bible Belt, if that makes sense. I think it's got to adopt new and different regions where kayak fishing is alive and well and uh, welcome in these other areas um, and that are doing a lot of things. Like I think of uh, KFNW up in the Pacific Northwest. Like you don't think of the Pacific Northwest as being a bass fishery, but you know, that series is doing great things uh, in the upper Midwest. There's a lot happening up there, top water series. So I think uh, trying to tie in some of these regional events that are doing really great things to some of these larger events to just make it more inclusive. Um, I also think uh, investing in youth programs is a huge thing and an opportunity. You know, we're seeing uh, Bass and uh, MLF invest in collegiate and high school programs. I think that's the next step for kayak fishing is we want to get um, the youth into the sport. Um, and it makes a ton of sense because it's way more approachable and affordable for uh, someone on a budget like a high schooler to get into kayak, competitive kayak fishing than it is for them to get into competitive bass boat fishing. So trying to figure out how we can get colleges and high schools involved in the competitive side will only um, will help us elevate uh, the, the program even more. So those are my opinions. Yeah, I think I think all that stuff is is right on. Um, and actually, you know, the college thing, I think Drew um, Gregory saw that kind of years ago and he actually started college kayak fishing. And the funny thing is back then, I don't think kayak fishing was where it is now to really support it we saw uh, a lot of guys come out for the saltwater we did a saltwater side and i helped run it with him um, but it was you know his his thing and uh for whatever reason it was the stigma of oh that's a kayak and i want to be a bass boat angler uh, now the, the the saltwater guys had nothing they had no they had no collegiate fishing tournament whatsoever so they kind of were like heck yeah they had no idea what they were doing like in a kayak guys showed up that are now even on the jackson team i remember um, one of the guys showed up in a kayaky ball and didn't have a front hatch. So he was using a center block as an anchor. I mean, just going out there and catching fish, right? Like, and, and, uh, he grew and grew and bought a Jackson he works with fish and tackle Unlimited, and has been on the, on the team and now has a boat and guides. And, um, so, you know, it is so important, I think, to reach, uh, younger people because it, it gives them something they can take with them, you know, for the rest of their lives. Uh, fishing is something you can do forever. It's not like, um, you know, uh, a sport that's going to be hard on your body and you're going to break down over time and not going to be able to go and, you know, play basketball as hard as you used to or football or whatever. But with fishing, you can, you can do that. And I think kayak fishing, especially, um, you don't need a huge, you know, amount of money to get into the sport. So I think getting people involved early, like you said, and then obviously, like you said, being more involved in the local regions. But I think a big thing too is to bring eyes to the sport, uh, 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 more so than just people that are already buying kayaks, right? Like how do we reach that bigger audience and the way bass has done it and the way 
uh, bass fishing in general has done it is created almost like a spectator sports, the NASCAR fishing, if you will, like people want to see those guys come up and, and cash those big checks. And I think they were heading that right direction more so than we ever have with more and more coverage and, and more and more things like this show here. Um, just get people talking about it and thinking about it and wanting to see, you know, who these guys are and, and with bass given a platform and offering the tournaments well. You know, it's not going to happen overnight, but get, getting more eyes on the sport that way that are people that are not already kayak fishermen. Um, that's where you're going to start seeing some of the, the the sponsors come on board that that have the money to take it to the next level, like the, the insurance companies like Geico or whatever, or the drink sponsors or whatever. That's where the, the money is for um, something like this to really, I think, grow to that next level because we have a limited uh, amount to invest in it and we want to invest in it and grow it. But as we get more and more eyes on it, I think it's going to be more valuable for other brands to dump money into it, um, that have bigger budgets and, uh, yeah. and that'll allow us to just kind of snowball it. And, and we're the amount that it's grown in the past, you know, six years, uh, five years, even is just unreal. Like I never thought I would see, you know, double digit checks being cashed. Um, regularly like through us through a series yeah it's crazy uh fishing the ifa like to win the national championship you're talking about like three grand thirty five hundred dollars um i finished finished fourth at it one year the national level and i think my check was like 600 bucks or something like that which i was super appreciative of but i had to drive to louisiana and stay in a hotel for two three days um and that was no pre-fishing i couldn't afford to pre-fish you know so i mean like now to be able to see fifth, sixth, seventh, all the way down into the 20th places at some of these events, cash decent checks. I mean, it's, it's just, I don't know if I ever really thought it would happen, but to see it get here, I know it can get uh, to that next level. And just to, to speak to its growth and why I, I, I feel I'm a firm believer that this is growing and it's going to continue to grow is like Outdoor Sportsman Group, which is a huge media company that owns Sportsman's Channel and Fisherman, Bowhunter, uh florida sportsmen you know in fishermen all these titles that we know and love and subscribe to um they kicked off um a new publication a special publication called kayak fishing fun last year um and they sold out of their print catalog and did a rerun which is only the second time in their history as a company to ever do that for a print catalog print magazine and they're looking at opportunities and investments in um production tv production and how they can push that out on some of their streaming networks and things like that and like that's huge that's awesome that's and that to me is like a uh you know that's that's telling me that um you know outside of the the tournament side and the growth that we're experiencing there that there's actual um growth of the sport in general and we'll start to see media attention and maybe some of these live stream opportunities come about when this continues to grow i think we're a few years out still but we're headed in the right direction i think there are things that we can do to help it and to expedite it and i think the work that jackson that old town is doing hobie's doing with their bos is only um you know growing the sport and will continue to help it along to get to that point where people are cashing even bigger checks able to maybe make a living out of this um and uh for us to see the notoriety be what we know that it could be we need fans. How do we get fans, Lambert? Social media, man. Like yeah. social media is the the number one ROI in marketing anywhere as far as, you know, just direct 
organic reach. Uh, people have to be involved on these social media platforms. If you want to pull in high school kids, that's how to do it. I mean, we, we were fishing Pickwick and had a couple high school guys come up. They were fishing a, a college tournament down there that just graduated. And they're like, Hey, are you fishing the Hobie tournament? You know, we saw, we saw it on Instagram. Like people follow that stuff and that's how you get this, this next wave, this new demographic of anglers interested and involved in it because they see the, they see the potential, but then they see the recognition. They see these companies like Z-Man, like Plano, like pushing the anglers. Like you, that's another thing is these companies promoting the anglers that, that will, will just multiply down the line to all of us. Like the more these companies get involved promoting the guys that are promoting them. Uh, and, and I mean, Jameson and Ryan, that that's, that's to you guys too. I mean, the more people see that on social media, they see that content put out, they see that their own anglers are the face of these companies. That's how, that's how the, the fuse gets lit, you know, and then, then you have a whole new wave of guys coming up and they're not just thinking about, I want a one in 10,000 chance of, of being able to, to run a Toyota series or whatever it is. They're like, Oh, like I, I actually have a lot better odds of making it on this kayak circuit and, and being able to earn some sort of income. So I think, you know, putting that out there and, and letting these young anglers see it as they're coming up is a big deal. Yeah. Make people understand kayak fishing is not a, uh, stepping stone it's the destination for a lot of people this is where they want to be it's not just some entry-level deal this is this is what yeah, they right. want to do and, and i think that was the the mindset though of a lot of people and a lot of brands um you know 10 years ago is people looked at it as a stepping stone or someone that couldn't afford a boat or simply you know whatever it was kind of made i mean i had buddies that made fun of me a little bit you know they had the boat why don't you just get a boat well i had a boat and i got rid of it and i got a kayak and now i have both but you know, the point is, it's not, it, it was the right tool for what I was doing. And once you realize that, um, and then see, you know, what all you can do, I mean, you can literally take the same plastic boat offshore and, and catch a marlin and then be up a river, you know, uh, the next day or so uh, fishing for smallmouth and stuff that you couldn't access without something like that. Um, and when you see that, when you, that realization happens, um, and you realize the potential of it and then throw tournaments and events and the community and all that on top of it. Um, it can just, you know, you, it's easy to get swept up in it and to become a part of it. And I think that the more people that do it, obviously the more it's going to grow. Good stuff. Good stuff. We've been at this a long time, guys. It was, it's been, we a have, I'm sorry for running yeah, over. No, this was, a, I knew this was going to be a good one and it was, yeah, it was. Unbelievable, Thank you both. Man. You guys were dropping uh, you gold guys. all night. The people watching, there were some great comments talking about how much uh, valuable information was being shared. Unbelievable. Any any parting shots? Anything you guys want to say before we, we wrap this thing up tonight? Just thanks for having me on, you guys. And, um, you know, thanks for giving me a platform to talk about the show for a few minutes. And um, just keep doing what you guys are doing. Yeah, same. Uh, would love to connect with your your folks. I mean, I, I do uh, engage with you guys on, on social media, but if anybody wants to reach out or has any more to say or want to discuss old town or what we're doing, I'm happy to, to, to connect with you on Instagram or Facebook. Just reach out to me, but thanks so much for having me on. I appreciate it. You, you may get a DM from Cliff Allen. Jameson, yeah, <laughs> you're on point. You got Josh Evans, you got Russell Johnson, you got, you got the squad on the team. 
Ryan, we need to talk. How do I get number one? I've already got Jackson in the dugout. How do I get Old Town in the dugout? Easy. Number easy, two, easy, how bro. do I get Cliff Allen <laughs> on the Old Town team? Those are, <laughs> well, those I'm are here. Both. I'm here for my people. That's what I'm here for. I'm the I'm the voice of the people here. That's well, Cliff, you're what you're welcome for those affordable props. <laughs> <laughs> I saw that comment. And I just about hey, lost it. hey, he's here. He's here. hey. He will fight somebody over Old Town. He'll probably lose, but he'll fight somebody, and he'll still talk trash afterwards. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. Good stuff. Um, yeah, good stuff tonight. Uh, unbelievable start to the 2022 podcast season. When you say, Mr. Lambert, that's, that hey, we're we're on uh, we're on on pace to set a record here. Unbelievable. We got about nine minutes left till we blow it out of the water. <laughs> right. well yeah man we're gonna wrap this thing up we'll, we'll get another guest queued up for next week but i just want to thank you both for taking the time to, to do this tonight and uh we'll wrap this thing up do it again next week Happy sounds good Thanks, congrats guys. again jameson and thank you to the evangelist for leading us to the light tonight <laughs> thank you <Yeah>. guys <laughs>